Welcome to Empty Nesters, a podcast designed to inspire, motivate, and offer valuable advice to empty nesters. I am Nancy Tepper, life coach. And I'm Felicia Madison, comedian. Today we speak with Pamela Weinberg, who has had a lot of success in her career. She started out as an author of City Baby and is now a certified career management coach and personal brand strategist working with individuals in all stages of career development. Welcome, Pam. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So, Pam, a lot of people know you as the author of City Baby. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So I wrote City Baby, uh, first was published in 1997, which is like literally a million years ago, when we all had very young children. And I did that for 15 years. I updated the book every few years. I ran lunches for new mothers and licensed the book um, to moms in different cities. So we had editions in LA, DC, um, San Francisco. Um, So it was a really fun, you know, really fun career. And then I was ready to move on. So you were a mom and you just had kids in the city and you thought to yourself, gosh, I need to write a book about this. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I was the first of my friends to get married and the first of my friends to have a baby. And I didn't grow up in the city. So I it was pre-internet. So I went to Barnes That's and That's hard to believe. Crazy. Pre-internet. I went to Barnes & Noble um, looking for a book on everything I needed to know about having a baby in New York. And I couldn't believe there wasn't one. So I said, I cannot be the only person like not to know this. What kind of stroller do I need? How do I get a baby like up and down like the subway or a bus? How, what classes do I take? How do I hire a nanny? How do I do the interviews? How do I find a pediatrician? Um, so I actually fortuitously met another woman at a baby shower. And she and I ended up writing the book together. And it was, you know, in its day, it was definitely like the mom Bible for New York City parents. Mm-hmm. So you write this book, it's a huge success, and then your kids grow up, and you don't feel like working on this book anymore, so you reinvent yourself. Yeah, exactly. So I, as I say to people when they ask me about it, I was so sick of car seats and strollers, <laughs> I could not write about them for another minute. So my kids were probably in middle school, and I was like, i, I got to reinvent myself. Like, I'm ready. So I really thought about what do I like? Like, what did I really like about what I did? And the two things that I liked the most were um, three things, actually. Um, Public speaking. I loved being a resource. And I loved working with moms. So I really thought, like, what other career can I do that I can take those three things with me? And one of the things that I really found when I ran new mother's lunches for moms, one of the biggest issues was always biggest concerns around work and family. Like, how do I balance? Do I go back to work? How do I go back to work? How much time do I take off? Um, So I really became very interested in figuring out how to help moms figure out their careers post being a parent. And then I became a career coach. I started, I went back to school to NYU to get a certificate in career management and started my business coaching moms on how to get back to the workplace after taking time off. So it really dovetailed. I mean, when you kind of hear about city baby and a career coach, like how did that happen? But I think it sort of, that it really made sense. That trajectory made sense to right. me. That, that's great. So tell us, what, what do you actually do as a career coach? Um, okay, so I do everything from helping people sort of figure out what to do next. If we're talking about moms in general, like moms who I'm working with someone now who hasn't 
who hasn't worked in 17 years. So working with someone like that, it's a lot of skill building. So what do they need to know that they don't know, you know, in order to go back into the workplace? As I said, when I wrote City Baby, there was no internet. So if I stopped working then, I wouldn't know how to do a lot unless I did it on my own. So what skills do you need to go back into the workplace? What, um, what are you interested in? You know, a lot of times people graduate college, they pick a career because they majored in something or because it's what their parents did. And then, you know, 10, 15 years later, you're not that person anymore. So what are your new interests? You know, what, what, what drives you? So it's really starting there. And then we'll continue on to resumes, cover letters, LinkedIn, you know, more of the tools that you need, interview prep, networking, et cetera. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I know when I was thinking about what to do and they would ask you to do your resume, I'm like, well, from 1995 to 2002, I was a sanitation person, <laughs> cleaning, <laughs> cleaning diapers. Right. And right. then I was a chauffeur for 10 years. And, uh, and, a, and a dog walker. Uh, and then I got fired for about five because my kids didn't want to talk to me. I mean, so, so it's like 20 years of not doing anything. How do you go from like you know, anything that I did before I had kids is like not relevant. So how do they create skills and stuff out of 20 years of parenting? Well, you know, if you, most people, if I really scratch the surface, they've done something, whether it's volunteered at their children's school. I'm big on the smart volunteering. So that's what I would, that the advice I would give to women who want to get back to work but haven't worked in a long time is figure out something that you like to do and volunteer doing it, whether it's mm. blogging or fundraising so many people I know who have done volunteer work end up getting hired. So it's like a, a, a foot in the door some so, ways. So, so what you're saying is that volunteer could fill it, fill in that space on the resume. A hundred percent. Pretty much empty for the yes. years that you've dedicated yes. to raising your kids. Absolutely, whether you're the head of the PA, or you've done fundraising, or you've worked something in you know your something in your community, you know, organized like a walkathon, or you know, those skills are real skills that can transfer to a job. So you find that people like that have taken twenty years off from work can go back and actually get a job that's not entry level and something different. It would probably be entry level, right? Ish, you know. So that that's that's the trade off, right? You know, and that's I think you know the hard part about going back. You're and, hanging out with twenty year olds, again. right? Right, exactly, exactly. But it helps. It really helps. And I would say this, you know, to anyone, no matter what age, your network is so valuable. Eighty percent of jobs are gotten through people who know you, or you know, you know, one degree of separation mm -hmm. away from. So. That's really the most important thing you can do to get back is to just keep up your networking. So right. speaking of networking, I yes. know that social media is an important tool in getting a job, but I'm an empty nester now. My skill set is not as developed as somebody else who maybe had stayed in the job market. How do I get over my fear of social media? Well, I think, you know, to get a job today, you really need to be on LinkedIn. So I would say, you know, you don't have to be all things to all people. You don't have to be great at six forms of social media. Pick the one or two that you feel comfortable with that are going to get you what you need. Or, you know, where are the people who want to hire you? Are they going to be looking for you on LinkedIn? Are they going to be looking for you on Instagram? You know, it really depends what your goals are. But I would never say you need to keep up a social media presence everywhere. It just, it's not sustainable. Yeah, and there's certain things, like I know... Um, on LinkedIn, you're supposed to have like certain keywords. Or the more right. you, there's like a strategy. Yes, to it. definitely. What sort of things do you recommend that? Well, um, you're you know, so if if you're sending in your resume someplace, it's not like Pamela Weinberg at a at a 
desk reading your resume. It's being read through an applicant tracking system. So it's, you know, machine read. So how do you know, you know, what to put on it? You're going to look, and I always tell my clients, look at like six different job descriptions of jobs that you're interested in. And you'll start to see like key, the same words and phrases popping up in like these job descriptions. Those are your keywords. So you want to make sure that your resume and LinkedIn reflect that and that you'll have those words on those so that the applicant tracking systems will pick those up and hopefully put them in the right pile. So you just mentioned personal branding. Yes. So do you need a personal brand to get a job these days? And if you don't really know what your personal brand is, how do you develop one? That's a big part of what I do with clients because I I like my clients to be able to answer that question, the dreaded question, tell me about yourself, which is on every job interview. So tell me about yourself does not mean like take me through your resume. It's like, who are you? What are you all about? So I really think it is important if not to have like a personal brand that you need to like put on like a bumper sticker or a t-shirt, but just to be able to really know who you are and what makes you different, what have, makes you stand out from the pack. Right. Knowing your identity. Exactly. Got it. So it's not like Gucci or Prada. No, it could be. (laughs) It definitely could be. Okay, Pamela, if you know your last child's about to leave the house, how early do you start to plan to re-enter the job market? Um, I would say you want to sort of think about it, you know, when your child's in high school. I remember for myself, I'll just give my own experience, I remember like, I always worked part-time. I had City Baby. I, you know, spoke at groups. But I was always sort of home by, you know, 3 o'clock when my kids would walk in the door. And then, you know, middle school happened, high school happened. They weren't walking in the door until 6.30. I was like, okay, like, I I really need to, like, step it up. So I feel like a lot of parents may feel that way, you know, when their child's in high school. Like, wow, I have all this, you know, time on my hands now. Um, so I think it's a great time to start thinking about it then, even to back into it. Like, what skills do I need? What don't I know how to do? Do I know how to do a PowerPoint? Do I know how to use Excel? Just sort of thinking what the basic job skills are that you would need to re-enter the workplace. And start doing some of that smart volunteering. You know, if you don't want to go get a job, um, you know, do some volunteer work that you think, oh, you know what? I'm really interested in museums. I had a client who... Um, did some smart volunteering and ended up volunteering at MoMA when her kids were in high school. She did it like in the mornings when they were in school. And she was like the best volunteer they ever had. And they ended up offering her jobs. And she's been working there now for six years full time now that her daughters are out of college. So that's just a great example of what smart volunteering can do. So I think the earlier you get on that, the better. Because I know for myself, you know, becoming an empty nester is it's it's jarring. Like all of a sudden your your days are like endless. You know, there's no like sort of beginning and end, natural beginning and end when your kids are coming home from school. So it's nice to have, to know that you have something that you can build on. What sort of resources do you give women to help them find either volunteer work or how to get more involved with Excel and learn these things? Are there places we could go or groups? Well, I mean... Honestly, as far as learning those things, I say YouTube is the best way to learn. It's free. And you can, like, press pause a million times. Like, I taught myself how to use Excel using um, Really? Okay. YouTube. I yeah. how to learn how to use yeah. Excel. And I'm then you just, like, YouTube. literally pause, like, 9,000 times until you can figure out YouTube how to, like, teach make you. the boxes the right way. <laughs> um, and then um, as far as volunteer work, there's a, a website I really like called idealist.org, which has great volunteer opportunities. And you can put in, like, 
any kind of um, search word, search terms and find volunteer opportunities near you um, for something that you're interested in, you know, whether it's like in the environment or working with children or working with the elderly or um, a million, you know, variables to use your skills. So some of our listeners would have worked all through their child rearing and now that their kids are gone might want to change career or what what kind of advice do you give them to like upgrade their present job? Um, well, I would say if they want to change careers or change jobs, definitely continue to be active on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, attend, uh, join, and if you haven't already, professional associations in your chosen field or in the new field that you're looking into. And let people know. I think that's, the, with moms, It's I work with so many moms. And I'll always say, like, well, did you let your friends know you're looking for a job? No, like they don't know, you know, no, I really didn't. I'm like, that's your network. Right. You know, you stood on the soccer sidelines with these moms for a million years. You have three kids in this, you know, in this school. Like you have a great network. Use it. Let people know. So I really practice with the moms, like how to talk about that. Like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm looking to go back into the job market. I know your husband or your sister-in-law, you know, work in marketing. Would you feel comfortable making an introduction for me? It's as easy as that. You have a bigger network than you think. What do you think the biggest obstacle is for a woman re-entering the workforce after being out for so long? One word. Confidence. Oh, interesting. That's, I was going to say fear, but yeah. I guess it's the same Well, it's the, same the opposite. Thing. It's two same sides thing. of the coin, yeah, right? exactly. A hundred percent lack of confidence. That's, what, that's the hardest thing to get over is just, you know, I can't do it. I haven't done it. Who's going to hire me? I'm too old. I'm too outdated, you know who's going to hire me when they can hire a 25-year-old to do my job. So that's, you know, it's very real. And ageism does exist. I would never tell a client, oh, no, that's ridiculous, of course, because it is true. But, you know, I work with clients to help build their confidence to go in and um, compete. So what sort of things do you do with them? It's really, I I do um, an exercise where I have people write down, like, three success stories, three things that they feel that they are really proud of, like in their, either in their career or volunteer work, or even I had a client who was like the manager of her son's travel soccer team. And that's like a job, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like booking all the hotels, communicating with all the parents, doing all the spreadsheets. So that was a job she wasn't getting paid for, but it was a job. So that was one of her, you know, she had a lot of confidence boosters knowing like, oh, I did this. I was really good at this. You know, I was confident here. So... That was a way for her to interview for a job, and she ended up getting a job working for a soccer club. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, we do do a lot. We just don't get paid for it. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Or any uh, positive reinforcement (laughs) either. What's the biggest fears that you're seeing from your clientele? I think um, the gap. We talk about the gap a lot, the resume gap. That's a big one. Like, like, what do I say? Like, the last entry on my resume was was 2000. You know, how am I going into a job interview? And they're going to say, like, well, what have you been doing from 2000 to 2019? So that's really something that we work a lot on, like sort of getting the language around how to talk about that or how to not talk about it or minimize the talk about it. You know, say it, get it done, and then move on to why you're qualified for the job. Yeah, for me, it was daunting just to learn all the things that I didn't know, like how to start a website, how to like run a business, how it's it's overwhelming. It is. And I guess you just have to get them to go one step at a that's time. That's exactly right. And I think that's, you know, that's why working with a coach is is helpful because it's, you, I just, we, we just kind of set up 
manageable hurdles every week. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, so if you just think of like, okay, go out and network. You're like, what does that mean? I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. Like, what does that mean? So I'll say, make three phone calls a week. Right. You know, so you just break it down into like manageable pieces so that you feel that you, you're accomplishing and you're moving your you're moving your search forward. So in essence, you're really just building their confidence week by week through each of your conversations with them. Yeah, exactly. And teaching them how to talk about themselves. Right. Pamela, so tell me, how do you help people find their passion in their career? So there's a couple of things that that I would say to do that are actually sort of fun. One is just like blue sky exercises. You can do them on your own, or I would do them, you know, if I was coaching someone, I would do them with them. Like, what would you do if you couldn't fail? Or what did you want to do when you were in high school? Like, what did you picture yourself as? Like, and what happened? Like, why did that dream go away? Like, what got derailed? And the other thing I would say to think about is a way to think about, like, how you're going to reinvent yourself is to think about what are you the go-to person for? Or ask your friends, like, what do you count on me for? Like, what are you the go-to person for? There's always someone in the group who's, like, the organizer who knows about travel, who knows about like tutors or, you know, whatever it is. And you really think about like who that person is, what you're good at, and then you can really utilize those skills in whatever your next career is. So I think that that's a great way to really think about what you could be good at in a next step. That's a good, that's good advice. Yeah, totally. Good career choice, Pam. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so I guess Felicia. You know, I'm just something here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was saying, I was thinking, like, okay, so you, when you were a parent of young kids, you did the baby, and now you're transitioned. You did coaching. So we were thinking, what's next? Right. Is right, exactly. Old age home. Exactly. I know. Exactly. That's. I'm working on that. You read my mind. <laughs> so, <laughs> but life is long, so I have plenty of time. Yeah, plenty of time to do it. <laughs> So you must have been the person that we went to to cheer us up. What, me? Yeah. Oh, because I I actually wanted to be, when I was in high school, I wanted to be a Broadway dancer. Okay. Well, now you're a performer. Yeah. So there you go. I I wanted to have a shoe store. So I don't know how that's really come into place. So now you just buy buy lots of shoes. shoes. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) What did you want to do? I I had two things. I wanted to be a chef, but for obvious reasons, that did not happen. And... um, I also want to be a news commentator, so now I'm doing a podcast. That's great. Wow. That's great. That. Okay, good. We're living out our dreams. Yeah. Yes, we are. Never too late. <laughs> so not only are we thinking about what we should be doing for the rest of our lives, but now we're also worrying about getting our kids out of our house and getting them a job. Of course. And uh-huh. so you work a lot with kids, college-level kids. I do. I mean, and it really stemmed from exactly what you just said. I mean, I had a lot of moms who I was helping, and they were like, oh, could you help my son? Like, can you look at his resume? Can you help him interview? He doesn't know how to interview. So I, I started doing that. And I had worked at NYU. During my training to be a coach, I worked at NYU at the Wasserman Center, which is their career services center. So I had experience working with college students, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, so my business is really split into, you know, sort of millennials, like kids or young adults, ages 20 to 30, and then, you know, their moms. The Spanx generation. Right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it's, it's really a mix. And I, I have to say I love working with the young, with the young people because they are just like sort of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and they really like take advice so well. And they're so interesting and um, 
eager and compliant and all, all those all those. And it's better things. you than me because they just like roll their eyes at me. Right, and that's what every and that's what every mom says to me. Like so, they don't listen to me. I could say exactly what you said, but they're like, "Well, Pamela said." Yeah. You know? <laughs> so let me ask you a question because I was talking to my kids, and they'll probably kill me for mentioning them. But I said, "Why don't you, after you send in your resume, call them?" And they're like, "Mom, people don't call anymore." Is that true? Like it, it is. I mean, it is true. People don't call. It's really all done via email, unfortunately. But what what I do did learn through this process is that you can um, sometimes connect with them on LinkedIn, which is something that not everybody would think to do. Mm-hmm. But um, you can connect with them on LinkedIn and say, "Hi, you know, just wanted to let you know I sent in my resume. Um, hope that you'll you know have a chance to look at it. I'd love to connect with you." So just as a little added, like doing additional homework that you went to went the extra mile to find them on LinkedIn. Right. It's amazing. Like no one calls. I know. No one calls. Wow. Yeah. So besides networking, which seems to be a theme for both empty nesters and for children looking for jobs, what other advice can we give our kids who are graduating from college and they're getting stressed out because all their friends have jobs? What what can we tell them that they should do? Um be diligent about looking, set up alerts on their, you know, through LinkedIn or Indeed.com for jobs that they're looking for. So they're the first to get those alerts in their inbox. Applying early to jobs is really important. Sometimes after the first 50 applicants, they'll cut off having jobs, you know, have looking at resumes. So being early is really, you know, is really important. Um, a lot of kids, young adults who I work with say that their career services centers at their universities don't help, my, mine included, by the way. They don't know what they're doing. They're not helpful. Use them. You know, I would say really utilize your career services center while you're still at college to try to get help on your resume. Uh, they'll, over, they'll, they'll look over your cover letter for you. They'll, give, they'll help you with networking and, and set you up with different alumni in your field. So I would say really to utilize the career services centers. So you just mentioned Indeed.com. Uh-huh. Do websites like that work? Because... What I've heard is that it's like a big black hole and millions of resumes are being submitted for every job and that you really have to use networking instead. Yes, it's not instead, it's in addition. In addition. So it's you find a job in Indeed on Indeed.com that you're interested in applying to, and then you're going to go to your LinkedIn profile and see who you know who works at that company, either you know or someone knows, or an alumni who works at that company from your school, and you're going to apply to the job and email the, the person at the same time. That's great advice. So what do you think the biggest challenge is facing these millennials as they're going out into the workforce? You know, I, th- I, it's, I, I feel like this generation gets such a bad rap, and I think that they're really amazing and interesting and, and all of the above. And, you know, I feel like one of the biggest challenges is um, them feeling satisfied. They tend to get... You know, because they've always they're they're like sort of the, the the trophy generation, right? So they really require a lot of feedback sometimes, and I think managers can get frustrated with that. 
So it's really about being able to like self-soothe, right. you know, and, and be able to realize that, you know, they're doing a good job without hearing it all the time and just really getting that confidence to believe in themselves without having to hear it from, you know, their manager, because that's just not how the world works. So I should just post on Instagram that they're doing a great job. Right, exactly, right, exactly, <laughs> exactly. It's hard also, because like, unlike our generation, we got a job, you stayed there, and then right. they switch around they a lot. They switch around. I mean, they, they really, you know, you could be 28 and have had three jobs, you know, since you graduated from college. And it, it's fine. It's not, it's not even frowned upon. I mean, it's right. just sort of what happens. Yeah, like I tell my kids that I'm still trying to find out what I'm going to do when I grow up. Right, so, right. I mean, well, the average woman, I think, has like seven jobs in her lifetime. Seven. Seven or ten. Yeah. So, so a couple it, more to go. Right. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's nice. And we'll get to my mantra at the end, I okay. think. Okay. So it, it, it's definitely, it definitely fits into that. So can you tell us more about the quarter-life crisis? Sure. I know that's something that you talk sure, about a yeah, lot. Yeah, I do. So I, I give that talk um, sometimes to um, uh, to students or alumni at universities, and I definitely have some meet with clients who are young people who graduated college, you know, they majored in whatever they majored in and thought that was going to be what their passion was. And, you know, you decide on your major when you're 19 and then you're 25 and you're like, I, I don't like this. Right. That's not what I thought. Like, I, I didn't want to do this. Um, I'm not happy. And they see their friends who maybe, you know, worked in finance and are making five times the amount of money that they're making or people going off and getting married or, you know, being able to move out of like a four bedroom apartment with two roommates to their own studio. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I feel like left behind. I'm not happy. I'm the only one. So I work with those um, with those young people to really help bolster their confidence and really do like a, a reset, you know, on like sort of going back to thinking about assessing them on, you know, what their skills are, what their strengths are, what their interests are, and help them pivot, either pivot or do like a full 180 on a career. Maybe it's graduate school, maybe it's something completely different that they need more training for. So um, that's, you know, that's how we handle that. Yeah, and social media, I think, makes it so much harder because everyone's life looks so amazing on social media. Right, absolutely. So do you find that there are a lot of like really depressed or unhappy kids or? Um... I haven't found that so much, although I have to say I do get a lot of referrals from therapists. Right. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> so I guess it's that's hard. It's yeah. really hard. Yes. But, but it must be so rewarding for you to know that you're really helping people. It's the most because it's rewarding. such a struggle. I, I mean, working with the, I had five clients at the end of last quarter who got jobs who were all young, and it's. I mean, I could cry. I mean, I just, I feel, I'm so proud of them, the work that they put in. It's so, it's really incredibly rewarding. I'm sure it is. It's a tough time in life. So so we have a kid having problems getting a job. I want to hire a career coach, or I want to hire a career coach for myself. What do I look for? What do I ask? How do I find the right fit for me? So I think, you know, you. I, I know for myself, I always do um, a complimentary, like, 15-minute to 30-minute consultation because you want to make sure you click with the person. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would always say, like, talk to them on the phone first or do, like, a Skype or phone and see, you know, what they're all about. Um, ask them a lot of questions, you know, how they work with people, what's a typical client like that they work with, how many sessions do you usually um, require or suggest, what would be, you know, a typical trajectory for someone like myself, have you had success with people like me getting them back to work, questions, you know, questions like that. Right. Can you have success with a 
young adult who's actually resisting working with you, but the parents are pushing it on them? No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, always say, I always say to parents, I have my relationships with the kid, with your child. You know, because parents will say, I'm calling you about my daughter. And I'll say, does she know? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, okay, I'm, I'm happy to you know chat with you about it, but you need to have her get in touch with me. Because my mm-hmm. relationships with them, like it's, it's, it's an important bond that I have with the young person. And it's better if the parents are, are out of it. And I guess there's a lot of work that they have to put into their job search. So if they're not they ha- bought they into have to, it. Right. They have to really buy in. Right. They really have to, they really have to buy into the, to the process because they have to do the work. I give homework in between, you know, for every session. I meet with clients every like two to three weeks. Right. Depending on, like if they're in like a major job search mode, then it would be once a week. But usually it's every two to three weeks. And I give homework in between. So they have to do it to move it forward. Do your own kids let you help them? Yes, they really like. They oh, really? Re- and they, yes, they require. They, they just, they, they were like my like, most challenging, my most challenging <laughs> And and they also did. I also have me help their friends. Oh, really? Oh, my mom will help you with your resume. Oh, yeah, ask my mom. <laughs> Volunteer services. Exactly. Exactly. No, they, 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 they're, they're, they're compliant. <laughs> is there a specific way that you could define career happiness, or is it completely personal to each person that you work with? I would say it's it's personal. I think everybody, if there's sort of like an, an underlying thing that I could say is everyone wants to feel valued, like they're they feel valued and feel like they're adding value, you know, add, adding value and they're a contributor. Right. So I think if you don't feel that way, you're not going to feel happy, and no one feels that way all at, all of the time. But I think for you know for the most part, you want to feel valued, at, you know, where you work. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Maybe that's why parenting is so hard because you don't feel like anyone values <laughs> right, exactly. you. <laughs> I think that's true. So you're an empty nester, right? Yes. Just that, so how is how is that adjustment for you? How did you cope? Um, I was really nervous when my daughter left, and she was the first one to leave. So I think in a weird way that was like harder. Um, but then I got used to it. And my son, you know, didn't talk as much as my daughter did. She took up a lot of the air in the room. So it was, like, much more quiet in the house than right. just him around. Um, and the summer before he was leaving, I was dreading it. I was really, really anxious. I mean, it's all I could think about was what it was going to like to be alone with my husband, who I love, but right. still, you know, yeah, it's a lot us. of time, not just the two of us, <laughs> you know. So um, I was really dreading it, and I have to say the the – anticipation was so much worse than the reality. I love, I really love being an empty nester. And when, when like both of my kids are home, like over Thanksgiving and they're staying with me, I'm like, okay. When Go Sunday home. comes, I'm like, bye. <laughs> you know, the stuff all over the place. Right. And why are you watching that? Like, I want to watch this or, you know, why don't we have this in the house or, you know. So I just, I really, I really. Um, what was the number one thing that you were surprised and loved the most? You know, one of my friends gave me great advice that I've taken to heart, which is book your appointments later in the day. Like, because I always felt like, like I said at the beginning, like you're kind of waiting at like four o'clock, like, okay, like my kids are coming home at this point. Um, so like I would now, I would book appointments later in the day. I see clients later in the day or I get like a manicure at four o'clock or five o'clock so that my days stretch out long. I would find, I would think that it'd be depressing having 
dinner at home. We're just like the two of you. We're out every night. Every night. Every night. And that's why we have that tummy bulge, I guess. Right. That's <laughs> Comes why I'm with eating Gigi crackers for breakfast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> out for dinner every night and drinking a lot more wine than I ever did before. Yeah, it's hard. I think it would be depressing just to cook dinner for two people. Actually, I just became empty nested, as you know, and I actually like staying home. It's really? Not, it's actually, it's it's really relaxing and it's kind of fun. I think empty and, nesting becomes a problem when you don't want to spend time with your husband. I think that's true. And my husband loves to go out. I would I would be happy to stay home like two nights a week. He's, right. we, he wants to stay home one night a week and we're out, you know, every, not always together. Like I have like girls nights, I mean, which I, I just really, I have like such a nice balance, I think, and just a great social life. Right, which I find is the biggest thing that I'm finding is I'm at the point in my career and women that you're seeing where we're starting up a new career, working really right. hard, and our husbands are kind of like winding down. They're not involved with the kids, and they're like looking at me like, now what? What's the activity yes, now? And def- I'm like, yes. I'm busy. <laughs> that's exactly, I think that's so true. I think you're, you're right. You know, I definitely, I spoke at um, a college last night and my husband's like, you're going at like your spear, you're working? I'm like, right. yeah, I'm working tonight. He's like, all right, I guess I'll make a plan. You know, <laughs> so you're right. I mean, I'm sort of ramping up. Right. And they're my ramping kids are down. Gone and he, yeah, that's true. So I guess we need, uh, that would be your next niche for you is what husbands can do with their free time exactly, now right, other exactly. than having affairs. Right, yeah. Right. We don't want them to do that. <laughs> yes. We want them to give them little hobbies <laughs> right, for them. Exactly. So, so speaking of what's next, so what what is your next career goal? I am, um, I sort of think of new ways to build my business every year. So what I'm doing now is I'm taking a class in how to build a digital class. So I want to be able to, I work a lot with helping moms go get back to the workplace. And I do it basically like in New York, but I feel like I could help women other places, you know, but I'm not going to travel all over. So I'm going to try to design a digital class that women can take, you know, through all over the country or the world who want to get back to work. And I'm going to take them through the steps digitally. That's the plan. We'll That's see. Great. That's a great idea. idea. We'll take gonna, it one step yeah, at a time. It's going to be a lot of work, but we'll, I'm going to... We'll take it. Okay. We'll, we'll take okay, it. We okay, like great. it. Well, great. So we like to end our podcast with um, a couple of questions. So what's your number one travel destination or something on your list of places you want to go? Oh, on my list. Well, okay. On my list is better. Okay. So my, I mean, this is so boring, but I really, I love Miami so much. And I know it's the most boring thing because I've been going to Miami my whole life, but I love it and I could live there. That's okay. Like my new thing is that like Second I could live home. there. I could like live there for half the year. No, do you ever not. go during the summer? No, I don't want to be there in the summer, <laughs> but I would be there in February. But, so. it's, but it's great when you know your happy place. It's so my happy place, and it's so easy to get to, and you know, easy to get, easy to get back and forth. On my bucket list is um, Morocco. Oh, okay. I'm dying to go to Morocco. So hopefully yeah, that too. will be a down the road. Okay. You guys You've, can go together. Girls You've been, trip. right? I've been. Okay. That's great. Okay. So Pamela looks fantastic. So our next question leads to beauty products. What would you say is your favorite beauty product? Okay. So since I'm someone who always likes to look tan, and this is really like real tan, not that you can see, but you know, trust me, it's real (laughs) tan. She looks great. She does. (laughs) She does. Um, I love the Charlotte Tills Berry 
bronzer. That's like my favorite bronzer, my favorite beauty product. Can't live without. The one that comes in the tube that you put right here? It's on not your a cheek? tube. It's, okay. in, it's a powder. It comes, it's like a duo. Okay. Yeah, it's real. It's great. Yeah, my daughters love it too. So okay. I have I the, got it from the, my daughter. That's yeah. how I learned it about the makeup, of yeah, course. Talk about right. tutorials. Like I know. They, I learned yeah. how to put my makeup on through my children who learned through tutorials. Right, I know. And now Amazing. you know they could learn on YouTube. Yeah, there exactly. You go. Okay, so when you mention your mantra, so what's your mantra? This is my mantra. It's very easy, three words. Life is long. Okay. And this is something that my father said to me a million years ago, and I was kind of like, no, life is short. But right. as I'm realizing, life is long. I mean, it. there's so much time to do more. You know, I feel so excited about the point I'm at in my career, and I just – see so much longevity and so many more things I can do. Right. And I just feel like, you know, even if it's like in your personal life, you have a falling out with a friend, like there's always time to like repair. Right. You know, and I just I just like thinking that way that, you know, there's a lot of time to no, do what you want to do. That's a great mantra because you feel such anxiety over, oh my God, I, have, I don't have that much time left. I have to do this now. Right. So that relaxes you Good. a little yeah, bit. Okay. And, and inspiration can happen at any point in your life. That's exactly right. That's great. So finally, and very appropriately for you, Pamela, what <laughs> career advice can you give us and our listeners? Okay, so um, what, I, what I say to people is, so no job is going to be your everything. Right, and it's sort of like choosing a spouse or a partner or buying a home. You know, you have your list of like the musts. Like, you know, this house must have you know ten. You know, th these ten things, or this guy I want to. You know, I want to meet someone, and they need to have these ten qualifications. Nobody's going to hit all ten. You know, maybe you get like eight out of ten. You're like, this is a winner. This is great. I feel the same about a job. You know, if eighty percent of the job is what you want and what feeds you, that's great. Nothing needs to be, you'll never find perfection. So it's for some, you know, for people who've been out of the workplace for a long time, just to take this conversation full circle, I say to them, your first job is not going to be your last job. Just get your foot in the door somewhere. Just start. It doesn't need to be where you end. It's where you start. That's really so. great advice. Thank you. I say the same thing to my kids about finding a date. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Doesn't have to be perfect. Right, and exactly. we, we could work with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, thank you so much for being here. This was very helpful for me personally. I'm still same. searching. And um, if you want to learn more about Pamela or, or hire her as a coach, go to PamelaWeinberg.com. Yeah, easy, easy enough. If, uh, very important, guys. If you like this show, please make sure when you're done to rate or review it. It's very important in terms of the success of our show. So, again, after you're done, rate and review and say really great things about us, please. Any questions, you can email us at emptynesterpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Felicia. And I'm Nancy. And we are Empty, Empty Nesters. Nesters.